0: Maya back again, guys. I have one more update for y'all. MyTake now has a Patreon. I'm trying to expand the MyTake community and also expand my earnings a little bit by creating a Patreon. We have three tiers, and in the top tier, we're actually starting a MyTake book club, so anybody who joins, we're going to be reading a book together a month, and there's going to be monthly live streams and discord benefits, so I'd really, really, really appreciate it if you could go check it out. The link is in the show notes hey guys it's maya and i just wanted to jump on here and promote my takes instagram really quick because we're doing a lot of fun things i'm doing more posts more stories and i also have to say i've started a new series called the bottom shelf and it's video reviews igtv video reviews and i think they're super fun and they're all on instagram so go follow my take on social media and specifically on instagram at underscore my take so this cozy mystery has been blowing up all over bookstagram which meant i had to read it obviously finley donovan is killing it by el cosmeo cosimo cosimano i can't with words el cosimano follows finley a newly single mother who is also a struggling writer and she accidentally gets mistaken for a hit woman because she writes like romantic thrillers like basically finley writes the kind of books that like finley donovan the book is and so she's talking about this book with her agent and she gets mistaken for a hit woman and so she ends up taking this job to make money and to keep her ex off her ass and it is such a good book it's basically just like the fallout that accompanies her taking this job but it's so so good it's funny there's a love story i literally read this book in a day like it was the day I was driving down so the day before I moved into college we were like driving down to school and I was in the car the entire day and I just like binge read this book and I had a grand old time with it and it ended on the most annoying cliffhanger so I'm like kind of happy I didn't read it until now because had I read it when it first came out I would have been waiting for so much longer because the sequel doesn't come out until when does it come out February so it's just, it's a great book. I had a great time, and I'm, like, so excited to talk about it. Books, TV, music, and movies, all things that make a big impact on everyone. I'm constantly gushing about my latest read to anyone who will listen, so I figured I'd turn my rambling into something coherent that people actually listen to, which means no tuning out halfway through. I'm Maya Gosh, and this is my take. always with a book we're going to start with a little bit on the writing. Now I need to apologize really quickly if my audio from the intro sounds different from my audio now. For some reason I recorded my whole intro piece before I realized that my microphone wasn't actually working. For some reason my computer is doing this new thing where if I'm gonna use my microphone I need to plug my microphone in restart my laptop and then my microphone is being picked up otherwise my laptop's not picking up my microphone as a source of input which is very annoying and I was like on the phone with my dad for a really long time troubleshooting this before he was like just plug it in and restart your computer lord bless my dad I love him he's done a lot of tech support through like facetime and the phone since I've been on campus but anyways audio sounds a little bit different we are here to talk about the writing the writing was very good i was laughing the entire time i was reading this book i loved the romance too like i'm not a love triangle person but i did have a great time with this one because like i don't know who i want her to pick that's the thing because it's like the lawyer knows everything about her and is still okay but like the cop is the cop you know but it's like, he's more complicated than the lawyer, but he's probably better for her in the long run. But it's like, if he's actually going to law school, he's gonna make bank being a lawyer. So like, I don't know who I want to pick and I had a great time with it. We don't get to see the smut though, which like, I don't appreciate. Like we all know here at My Take, we appreciate some smut, beach read level smut. Um, What else is a smutty book that I have read that I really enjoyed? I always fall back on Beach Read because Beach read is so smutty, but it's like, oh, Wallbanger. Wallbanger is always my other example. Like, that level of smut is the smut we want. So, I wasn't really that happy about that, but, like, I loved the book. Clearly, it was an easy read because I read it in a day, and also it balances super well. Like, it's a rom-com book, it's a thriller, it's a book about being a single parent, and it's all, like, combined into one, but it doesn't actually s- go chaotic and crazy. Like, sometimes books... And, honestly, movies and TV can try and do this where they take off, like, bite off more than they can chew and try to be too many things. Like, 13 Reasons Why does this. It's the most classic example of something that does this where you're, like, trying to do so much that, like, it sucks. But it's, like, this book, you would think, like, you couldn't fit a thriller, a rom-com, and a book about being a single parent all into one. But you really can, and it really works, and I appreciated that it worked out so well. And I liked how well-developed the characters are. I don't necessarily think we get enough time with the kids. I want to see more of the kids in the next book. But the characters are super well-developed. And even the kids are pretty well-developed, too. No one, I will say, no kid is as well-developed as Juno from The Soulmate Equation. That kid is, like, the most well-developed child I've ever seen in a book about, like, being a single parent and dating and stuff. But actually, well, I said being a single parent and dating because I was going to say Jack from... Room is a very well developed child, but he is very well developed for a litany of other reasons that we're not going to get into. I do have an episode on both of those books that I just mentioned, The Soulmate Equation and Room. Room was like my second episode, so you're gonna have to scroll pretty far back, and it's like real shitty audio quality. Second or third, My Dark Vanessa actually might have been second, but Room's like a throwback, throwback es- episode. But if you want to listen to it, go listen to it. Soulmate Equation is much more recent, so if you want to go listen to that, it won't be as hard to find. But overall, all of that is to say, I had a great time with the writing. I loved the writing. I can't wait for her to release the sequel, and it made me realize I maybe should go back and reread some of her other books, because I think she has a couple other ones. So, now that we have covered all we need to on the writing, we are going to get into the plot. I was so stressed for Finley, like, 10 pages into this book, because her ex is a major asshole. Like, i don't know why i always will remember this quote i think this quote was like burned into me but um the ass crown quote from mara dyer i've only ever read the first mara dyer book which i feel like i need to read the other ones but it's like she says ass crown and the guy's like i think you mean ass clown and she's like no ass crown the ass crown that lives on top of the ass hat like there's the asshole of the ass clown the very zenith in the hierarchy of asses like i learned about that quote in seventh grade and yet i still remember it but it's like he is an ass crown like he's so so terrible and puts finley who's already under enough stress being the kid's primary caretaker under so much more stress and it sucks but it also provides some real funny moments with Finley and her single-parentdom when she's duct-taping Delia's hair back onto her head because Delia cuts her own hair, and so she duct-tapes it on and then puts a hat on so nobody will tell, which was very funny. And then Finley, like, in the beginning you can already start to see how she's like she's not necessarily morally gray because we're all rooting for her and she's doing these things for the right reasons but she's definitely not the picture of like a single mother raising her kids trying to do the best for them and obviously like you know she's not the picture of the single mother because she is killing people and becoming a hitman for like a living to make money and stuff but you see like how she's not necessarily like all right in the divorce I mean her ex is a major asshole but also like she steals Teresa's dress and like that's what she wears to the event so it's like there's a little bit of like a petty vindictive streak you can see in Finley and I wasn't actually mad about it but it is at the event where we meet bartender Julian and as I said before like I actually liked both sides of this love triangle which I think is why I like this love triangle more my issue usually with love triangles is that They're not well-developed. I feel like one character ends up falling flat, like with Fangirl. I have an episode on Fangirl, so go listen to that. But Fangirl is a love triangle for a little bit, and I was, like, on the wrong side of that love triangle for so long, but then I reread it recently, and I was like, how was I ever on that side of the love triangle but it's like usually feels one-sided same thing with the hunker games like i liked gail for a really long time and i wanted her to be with gail and then it ended up being Peta. but like it was kind of always Peta, you know because she was always with Peta in the games and shit like she never had a chance to actually blossom a relation like true relationship with gail like obviously she had their friendship and stuff but like them as a relationship was only coming about because gail was like mad that she was with PETA in the games and stuff right so it's like usually love triangles fall kind of flat but with this one both of the characters and the love interests were so amazing but initially we only knew Julian so I was like totally on board with her getting with Julian I was like do it go after him like he's a bartender he's hot he doesn't have a thing against minivans like it was so great I loved that one he's like I have nothing against minivans that's totally fine with me like I love him I feel like he's not gonna be who she picks because I feel like in the long run Finley's not gonna be able to get over that fact I feel like the fact that she's with him when her life is like kind of going to shit at the end of the book means that he's more of like just a good time guy and she's not actually gonna see anything serious from him but also she like spilled her guts to him So it's very up in the air. I don't actually know who she's going to be with. I'm very excited about that aspect for the sequel. It's like, yes, do I want to see, like, her and Steven and all that? Kind of. But really, I just, I want to see the love triangle play out. But back to the story. We see Harris try to drug his date. So Finley, like, switches the thing and drugs him and takes him home. And this is where she finds out that he likes to stalk, stalk and rape and then blackmail his women not his women like married women and Finley later finds bank statements of his and sees monthly deposits into like an offshore account or something and like thinks it's embezzlement money when it so obviously was blackmail money like you saw all these blackmail pictures and yet you didn't put it together that these monthly deposits were blackmail money like it took her too long to realize that because as soon as I saw those I was like okay it's blackmail money. He's getting blackmail payments, obviously. But she finds all of this out and so he's like sitting in her car and her car is still running cuz she forgets to turn it off and then the garage door closes which kills him. But it was somebody else who did the garage door closing manually because otherwise she would have heard it. So, it's like this whole situation cuz now she's body in her car, but then Vero shows up and Vero sees the body and agrees to help her for a cut of the money because fucking Steven was only going to pay Vero if she slept with him and she like loved the kids and really wanted to like continue being with the kids. So, she's like, "Yeah, I'm going to help you." And I love I love I love I love that we see I don't remember chron- chronologically when this happens, but we hear the anecdote of Vero being like, "Look, I took a chance on you because I did the odds and I figured if you were smart enough or lucky enough or whatever enough to become an author which has like these crazy odds then I should take a chance on you and I was like oh my god like seeing that just made me so happy and I love Vero and Finley's relationship like it's so fun and so bonding and I love it and I can't wait to see like how it works out throughout the second book like it's just gonna be so good and then they bury the body like we're back to the body we have harris's body and they bury it at steven's sod farm which like clearly was the obvious choice like your ex-husband owns a sod farm if you're gonna have a body you bury the body there duh but then finley goes back to the parking lot at the bar to dump harris's phone and so she sees julian again and love that love all the little seeds with them i like i don't know who i like better but like i love her and julian and i loved all their little interactions and then Finley, because of all of the things that are going on, starts writing again. It's basically just Harris's story with the name change, which is not necessarily great because you don't really want to get yourself involved, but also it's like really productive and good for her to like write because she's finally writing and she's been under contract for a while and she like really needed to write and stuff, so she's writing, which is great, but then we see Harris's wife, Patricia, has now fallen off the face of the earth. So, it's, like, a whole thing, and we're, like, what's going on? You know, like, there's a lot of mystery and intrigue with Patricia and, like, with Harris's wife and stuff and all of these things. But then, also, while, like, everything's going to shit on, like, the hit person side of things, like, we're getting... The house in order like vero is just so great because she's stepping up and she's taking care of the house and she's taking care of the kids and she's using the money for smart things and she tells finley to get an old white lawyer with a rolex which is so smart like that is the best legal advice i have ever heard if you have the money get an old white lawyer with a rolex yes like okay we do live for miss annalise keating and how to get away with murder and she is like a relatively young black lawyer she might have her Rolex, actually. She makes bank. But, like, we do, the legal advice is great. I mean, Annalise Keating is great. She's very problematic. But especially in the first season, like, her lawyering is great. I'm pretty sure it's, like, not really great lawyering in, like, real lawyering. But, like, in the fictional world of how to get away with murder, she's a great lawyer. So, like, get Annalise Keating. But <laughs> I loved the legal advice from Bureau. It made me, like, laugh out loud. I was dying with it but because of finley's success we get another hit and he's like this huge mafia guy that the police have been after for a while so finley wants to back out but then vero ends up getting half of the money up front and then tries later to take the money back but gets more money and gets now we have two weeks to do this before irena unleashes her husband on them because she's like she's a mafia wife so she's like ruthless and cutthroat which is kind of cool to see. Like I appreciated the craziness, but it was definitely stressful because I was like, I told you, I was like stressed for Finley in the beginning. Like every time something happened, I was like, oh my God, Finley, you don't deserve the stress in your life. So it was definitely a lot. And then (laughs) Finley goes to a spin class to try and give the money back, which was like too much dedication. Like spin classes are so fucking scary. Like I, work out but like spin classes scare the shit out of me so like to go to a spin class just to try to give this money back is like above and beyond extra but also at the spin class we meet julian again who thinks she's familiar but doesn't really recognize her because she doesn't have her wig on so it's like another little interesting her and julian interaction but but because of her writing this is so all over the place i should have organized this episode better i'm so sorry i just typed up my notes chronologically and was like that is that i really should have like thought to actually organize these sometimes i organize my episodes so well and sometimes i organize my episodes chronologically and out of order and so shit so this is i guess one of the shitty ones and i apologize but because of her writing she gets an amazing book contract and then Vero pretends to be Finley's lawyer and takes Steven's key and sticks it in the diaper genie and it was so good. I loved her for that because fuck Steven and oh, it was just so good. I appreciated that so, so much. It gave me so much joy. I feel like everything Vero does gives me so much joy because she's just such a great character and so funny and sarcastic and like smart and like not taking any shit and I love her for it. But then, we meet Officer Nick because he like needs help pitting it on Teresa. I think this was more of a front than anything, because like Officer Nick would do that. But we meet Officer Nick, and we find out through Finley's like little investigation stuff that Teresa is involved with Felix, who's like the main mob boss dude. And Steven's like worried about her because Steven shows up to her house like drunk as a skunk, and, like, worried about Teresa, and it's just, it's a big no for me with that one. I mean, everything Steven does is a big no for me, but showing up at Finley's house in the middle of the night drunk off your ass is, like, really a big no for me, but then Officer Nick comes over, and it's, like, super flirty, but Finley, instead of talking about Teresa's, like, business involvement, because we think it's more business involvement, she's like, I think it's an affair, and then... Finley's, like, digging through Teresa's house, and Teresa comes home, so Cousin Ramon and his tow truck start towing Teresa's car and saving Finley's ass, which Cousin Ramon reminded me so much of, and this is, like, nobody's gonna understand this connection in my brain, but this is just how my brain works, um, Javi from 13 Reasons Why because every time in 13 Reasons Why Tony had to be pulled away to do something he was like Javi can you watch the shop and like we never got to meet Javi but he was always there and always ready to watch the shop for Tony and so Cousin Ramon always kind of came in clutch with like the tow truck or with a car or something so it just made me laugh when I made that connection but he tells Teresa's car, so he saves Finley from Teresa, but not from Officer Nick, because they, they, because he's out there, and he's, like, clearly smarter than Teresa and he's Finley. So, they're, like, hanging out in his car, and they're, like, on a stakeout. They almost kiss, and then she lies about a thing being in her eye to, like, protect somebody from something that I don't entirely remember. She has to make sure, like, Nick doesn't see something, so she lies about, a thing being in her eye and then they actually start to make out and then he's like yo why'd you lie so she's just like kind of come clean a little bit sort of but then later on we get back from this excursion and finley decides to tell julian all the stuff about her and he's like okay i get it like you lied to me but i'm okay with it so it's like again nick was not very happy like his reaction to the story in the paper which we'll get to like not my fave but julian was like you know i'm all good with you lying but like why was julian all good with you lying because is he hiding secrets of his own is that why you know like i don't know it's such a toss-up between these two guys and it's like obviously it's gonna work out in the next book but like i just i don't know i really don't know what to do or what to say about it Ugh. okay so after we find out that julian's okay with all the lying and the secrecy finley gets ambushed by felix and his goons when she goes to pick up the van so clearly ramon is not as secure as javi from 13 reasons why but goes to pick up the van and of course nick shows up so she has to like ditch her wig so he doesn't put two and two together that she was the blonde at the bar or whatever and it's like this whole thing she's still keeping secrets and then grass on felix's car traces to steven's farm so nick wants a warrant for the farm and he's trying to like pull away from finley so she doesn't get caught in the crossfires of this or something and then We find out that Aaron from the shelter closed the garage door because he loved Patricia and knew that Harris was abusive and so he was trying to like save her and they actually ended up like running away for a little bit until everything was fine and then they got to come back and now they're like living happily and so now they're like living happily ever after and that's actually kind of cute. But we figure all that out and then the story gets run that i was talking about earlier in the paper about finley's new book so nick gets fired and he's yelling at Finn for using him which like fuck you dude like she was not using you you were kind of using her in the beginning because you needed somebody to do detective work for you so like i wasn't very happy about this but then andre shows up as they're trying to move harris because finley is like we can't have harris in the sod farm because then it's gonna get found out and traced back to me but we find out that the sod farm was actually felix's mass grave so like that's why he was looking at all the sites with teresa who's like the realtor because he was looking for a place to like dump bodies so he's been dumping a bunch of bodies at the sod farm so in the end there's like this whole big standoff andre kills himself andre andre i don't know The dude kills himself, and so Finley and Vero just decide that they're going to leave the bodies there because it'll just look like one more, and Felix will go down for it. So the bodies do get found. Teresa gets a plea deal in exchange for cooperating with the police. Patricia, like I said, is alive. Her and Irina are both getting immunity or whatever in exchange for cooperating with the police. Nick comes by with champagne and an apology, but Finley doesn't go for it. Instead, she goes to see Julian and like I said, like, tells him everything, he doesn't judge, and they go home together, and the book ends, the book ends with the worst fucking cliffhanger, because Irina pays her, and gives her another referral from Patricia, and it's fucking $100,000, which is the most money we've ever gotten from one of these hits, for Steven, which, like, what the fuck, like, I was so shook, because I was like, okay, she's not gonna kill her ex-husband, she can't because if her ex-husband goes missing she's gonna be the first one they turn to her and teresa she can't take that hot water also i don't think she really wants to kill the children's father because i don't think she wants to scar her children like that but like what the fuck who wants to hit out on steven like there was just so many thoughts running through my mind and especially because i read this in a day so i was so wrapped up in the story i was so 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 shook and it's like i cannot wait for the next one to come out, I'm so mad, because every time I go on Bookstore, I feel like I see a couple people getting arcs, and I'm like, I just want to know, but also, like, here's the deal with arcs, I love arcs, like, I've gotten two, and actually, one of them was a physical arc, which was so cool, and it was a Sajni Patel book, too, so I was, like, over the fucking moon, but also, it's, like, there's, like, a funness in waiting for me, but also, like, I want to know what happens in this book and I'm so excited I'm so glad I didn't read it I said this earlier but I'm so glad I didn't read it when it first came out because I'd be waiting so much longer I only have to wait until February for this one so so to wrap up this episode I was so shook by the ending but I had such a good time reading this one it was so fun and funny and crazy but also kind of heartwarming and there was a lot of romance that I loved and I can't wait to see who ends up as Endgame for Finley. I can't wait to see what happens with those whole Steven thing. I can't wait to see her and Vero's relationship get built up more. It's such an insane book, but I love it so much. And I need to read more Ellie Casamano because I feel like it would be so fun. So, yeah. I have been Maya Ghosh, and this has been my take on Finley Donovan is Killing It by Ellie Casimano. Thanks! listening so we're kind of a one-woman show here at my take so the credits are not going to be very long this podcast is produced and edited um, by me I do all of my own social media the only person I really have to thank is one of my great friends Paris who did the music that is in the intro and that you're listening to now so thank you Paris and thank you all for listening you can reach me at underscore my take on Twitter and Instagram and please leave a rate or review wherever you listen to this podcast that helps a ton so yeah thanks for listening